Welcome, welcome to Wake Up to the Word Old Testament Thursday, August the 10th, coming to you deep from the bowels of the Barksdale Communication Complex. I am your Bible teacher. That's a little loud. I am your Bible teacher, Pastor Jeff Barksdale, and we are coming to you with Wake Up to the Word, a chronological reading of the Bible and study. Twice a week we come on, Thursdays and Fridays, Old Testament Thursday, New Testament Friday, and uh, we are going through the Bible uh, chronologically. We are finishing up Joshua today and going into Judges, getting very exciting, very gay and very interesting, and I'm looking into the camera as some have told me I tend to look down, but I have Bible here. I got my computer here with some notes. I got Jeff's stack of stuff over here. So I, and I got my control board over here. So being my own producer, I have lots of things to look at. So uh, bear with me if I look away at different times. I know you don't like it, but I, do you really need to look at me at all? Really? Uh, some people just listen to the Wake Up to the Word, and uh, they have a much more enjoyable time because they don't have to look at this face. <laughs> but good to see you. Good to have you here. And uh, we are going to be reading Joshua 21 through 24 and Judges 1 through 4. So we're not going to read them, but we're going to look into some parts of that. A uh, suggestion from someone was to maps. Put some maps on you, talking about different areas. And uh, so I have actually uploaded some pictures of some maps at Wake Up to the Word, Jeff's Stack of Stuff. Jeff's Stack of Stuff. So we got Jeff's Stack of Stuff. You see that? It's going to look like that. The picture is going to look like that. And you click on that and you will see all the paperwork, uh, pictures, maps, the chronological reading plan. You'll see different websites that I reference, uh, different articles that I've read concerning some of the things we talk about. You can always go there, wakeuptotheword.org, and you can sign up to get a reading plan emailed to you every quarter uh, so you don't have to go searching for it. It'll come right to your email. You can sign up for that at wakeuptotheword.org. Org. So we're so glad you're joining us here and uh, share us with a friend. We are up to uh, nearly just under Skosh, just a few under 1,500 uh, plays. People have uh, listening to us and thank you so much all over the world. Seven nations to, to up to date and uh, we uh, are just feel blessed and honored that people are listening and sharing with a friend. And so we, we want you to just uh, keep joining us in reading the Word of God. That's where lives change when you read and, and get to understand the, the written Word of God because it's always going to point you to the living Word of God, and that's Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And that's why we do this. So uh, let's uh, get into the Word of God. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! And my, and my apologies uh, 
from uh, last episode, I don't think I had many sound effects in there. I was pushing the buttons, but I was hooked up incorrectly. And so I didn't have my big microphones on. I actually was working off the computer microphone. And uh, though you heard me fine, you didn't get the sound effects. And I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, I know. I blew it. I messed up. And uh, we will try and do better. So a uh, few things as we go into Joshua. I got my fan on, so the wind will be blowing. And uh, as we end this book of the Bible, uh, Joshua leading the people of Israel. Oh, my coffee of the day is just uh, uh, Green Mountain Roast uh, breakfast blend. That's all I got. So well, we got a lot of things going on, a lot of ketchup stuff going on. So uh, chapter 21 uh, they're giving uh, cities and pasture land uh, allotted to the to Levi's, and it just goes through a list of where all they go. And uh, the eastern tribes return home. That's in twenty two, and uh, there's an altar of witnesses, and um, they talk about the different brothers. And then Joshua charged charged to Israel, and he just tells them, "You have to obey the Lord. You have to obey what He says." And he, 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 he really forcefully tells them that, get, makes a covenant with them, puts up a stone uh, to, to make sure that they understand, they fully understand what the call is, what needs to happen, what they need to do. Let me pull this over here. And, uh, and so they truly understand that. And so that's the call. And then the, some of the famous text that comes up at the end of 24, um, uh, middle of 24, I guess, um, who will you serve? And it starts at fifteen. Let me put on my ancient Hebrew lenses. And if it and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve Yahweh. The people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Elohim. Elo gods. Another use. For it is the Lord our God, Yahweh, our Elohim, who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord Yahweh, for he is our God, Elohim. So this is an important text because... Uh, this is connected all the way back to Exodus 23, uh, uh, verse 20 through 22, and it talks about the angel of the Lord coming to rescue the people in slavery. And then Leviticus 11.45 has a similar thing. And then as we go into Judges, we go back to this angel reference. But this says that Yahweh did it. Yahweh rescued them. Uh, not the angel of the Lord. So that is a very interesting uh, connectivity that it's saying the same things, but it is not, uh, and it is meaning the same thing. It's saying different things, but meaning the same things. Different names, 
for the same God, for the same being. So we're, we're talking about this angel of the Lord having the name of Yahweh in, in him, this messenger. And that's what angel means. Doesn't matter if it's in Hebrew or if it's in Greek, if it's translated angel in either Old or New Testament, it means messenger. So that's, that's what it means. It's a divine messenger. Now, sometimes this angel is as we know angels. They are lesser divine beings that are um, guardians or uh, worshipers in heaven. They're part of that uh, strain of divine creatures, uh, heavenly creatures, I guess I should say. Um, but messenger is not solely linked to those uh, heavenly creatures. Uh, messenger means messenger. So it, it it can have a broad sense. And how is it described afterwards? So this particular messenger had the name of Yahweh within it, and it rescued them out of Egypt. And now it's referring here, it's saying that the Lord rescued you. Yahweh rescued you out of Egypt. And so Joshua then, dead and buried, 110 years old, and they still had the bones of Joseph that they brought out of Egypt that they were supposed to bring out. So this is so many years later that they were still in bondage. And then uh, Joseph wanted his bones brought and they got brought out and they were buried uh, in Shechem. And so uh, uh, in the place of the, in Shechem, the, in, the, in, the, in the piece of the land that Jacob bought, from the son of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of money, whatever that means. Um, it became an inheritance of the descendants of Joseph. So they got that land. So uh, little tidbits that go on there. And uh, then we come into Judges. And the era of the Judges is, you'll see that for the death of Joseph, uh, he put the people in the in the excuse me, in the hands of elders. And the elders who, who knew and heard the stories and encountered the, all the time that they had through the desert. And so he wanted these people who had witnessed and knew of all that the Lord had done. And so he left them in charge of elders. But big problems occurred. Uh, first they go in, there's some great stories here in Judges uh, some of the battles, some of the things that are done, um, they go in and kill this guy, uh, this leader. They found Adonai Bezek at, at Bezek and fought against him and defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Adonai Bezek fled, but they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Um, and Adonai Bezek said, 70 kings with their thumbs and their big toes cut off used to pick up scraps under my table as I have done so God has repaid me and they bought him they brought him to Jerusalem and he died there so uh, I don't know if they were aware that this guy did this to all these people 70 different leaders he did the same thing to or if God just said this is his punishment uh, this guy was cruel and so they did the same thing to him um uh, then you come to see that under these elders and under these different leaders, uh, they stopped following God. And that is so important because as you come to chapter 1 and 27, uh, Manasseh did not drive out the inheritance of Beth Shean. 
And then in uh, verse 29 of chapter 1, Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites. Verse 30, Zebulon did not drive out the inhabitants of Kitron. Verse 31, Asher did not drive out the inhabitants of Akko. And then Naphtali did not, verse 33, Naphtali did not drive out the inheritance of Beth Shemesh. And so all of these people were supposed to drive the, the inhabitants out, and they didn't do it. They didn't follow the instructions of God. They were given very clear instructions, and they did not follow it. They did, they, some, in some cases, they made them, they enslaved them, the uh, hard bondage type of slavery. This is not what God told them to do. He said to drive them out of the land. And that persisted. It just kept happening. And so now we get to chapter 2. And I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 4. Now the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Boshim. And he said, I brought you up from Egypt, angel of the Lord, and brought you into the land that I swore to give your fathers, I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall break down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. What is this you have done? Why are you doing this? It's basically saying, so now I say, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns in your sides, and their gods shall snare you. Elohim, their Elohim will snare you. As soon as the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the people of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. And they called the name of that place Bochim. And they sacrificed there to the Lord. Bochim means weepers. Then Joshua dies. They talk about that again. And... Then we come to this Israel's unfaithfulness in chapter 2, verse 11, and this is a key and pivotal point, okay? And the people of Israel, I'm going to read 11 through 15, and the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, Baals, and they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served Baals and the Ashtaroth to the anger of the Lord. Uh, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he gave them over to plunderers and plundered who plundered them. And he sold them into the hands of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, as the Lord had warned and as the Lord had sworn to them. And they were in terrible distress. Two things. First of all, God keeps his word. If he tells you, do, and he'll bless. And if he tells you, don't, or he'll harm, and you continue to do those things, there's different different economies in Old and New Testament, but there's punishment in the Old. In the New, there's, there's correction, there's discipline. Those are two different things, but they still are not pleasant, okay? 
Um, but they came into the desert and they were tempted with all that the other gods had to offer them. The land, prestige, probably the women. Um, they were tempted by all the other gods. They went after other Elohim from among the Elohim of the people who were around them. So they went, worshipped after these gods, and we talked, we've talked about this, these, these rebelling Elohim all the way back from uh, the Mesopotamia area, from Babel, and they're, they're in this area, they've taken over this land, and they go in to occupy the land, to retake the land for the kingdom of God, and they are tempted by those gods, and they fall to the temptation. Israel's failure in the desert when tempted points directly to Matthew chapter 4 in the New Testament, where Jesus is tempted in the desert, in the wilderness, by Satan, and he does not fail. He, he, he uh, is victorious over the temptation. This is what Israel should have done. They should have pushed back against the temptation and gone by the word of the Lord. This is why Jesus in the New Testament says, It is written this. It is written this. The words of the Lord defeat the temptations of the false gods, of which Satan is obviously the Lord, the, the God of this world. So that's a key, that's a key point right there. That's a, a key failure that Jesus rectifies when he comes. So mark that down. So uh, the Lord now raises up judges, and these aren't judges in the sense that we, you know, black robes, gavel. Uh, these are judges that they do judge behavior and um, uh, disputes, but they are um, warriors. They are uh, battle-hardened leaders. So these are these are those are the these are the judges that are coming up. Um, Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judges, and he saved them from the hands of their enemies all the days of the judges, for the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judges died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them and bowing down to them. So they're going at, and Elohim is the same word. So we think that Elohim is a unique word. It's not, it's everywhere, all over the uh, Old Testament. So these judges would lead, people would follow, they'd get back in line, and then when the judges, each judge died off, they'd go back and rebel, and God would raise up another judge. So now we're going to get into these line of judges. Uh, chapter 3 starts that. Uh, uh, Othniel 
Uh, the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord God, their servant. This is verse 7. Served Baal and the Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord kindled against them. Um, yada, yada, yada. Um, sorry about that. I shouldn't yada the word of God. Um, I'm trying to find uh, where they talk about Othniel here. Um, people of Israel served. Uh, the, oh, there's a good word. Cushan Rishathiam, eight years. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel who saved them. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The spirit of the Lord was upon him and he judged Israel. He went out to war and the Lord gave Cushan Rishathaim, Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand and his hand prevailed over that guy, CR. So the land had rest for 40 years. Then Othniel, the son of Kenez, died. And now Ehud comes in. Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and the Lord raised up for them a deliverer, Ehud, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, a left-handed man, and this is probably unique because they, they point it out. So it, it may be one of the first uh, leaders who are left-handed. Um, and Ehud came. This is all the way down to verse 20. This guy, uh, Eglon, uh, was a very fat man. We see that in 17. And so Ehud came to him as he was sitting alone in the cool roof chamber. Uh, I got I to gotta give you a little more lead than that. Ehud uh, made for himself a sword, two-edged sword a cubit in length, and uh, he bound it in his right thigh under his clothing, and he presented the tribute to Eglon king, presented the tribute to Eglon king of Moad. Now Eglon was a very fat man, and when Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people to carry the tribute, but he himself turned back to the idols near Gilgal and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. And he, and he commanded silence, and all his attendees went out from his presence. And Ehud came to him as he was sitting alone in, the, in his cool roof chamber. And Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. And he arose from his seat, and he had reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. And the hilt also went in after the blade, and the fat closed around the blade, for he did not pull the sword out of the belly, and the dung came out. What a great story. That's like, uh, that's like, uh, you know, John Wick stuff there. The Ehud went out into the porch, and he closed the door of the roof behind him, and he locked it. And then as the story goes on, uh, the the Eglon servants, uh, Eglon servants come and try to find him, but the door's locked and they think he's like evacuating, doing his, his, uh, his, his business. And they wait and uh, Ehud gets to escape because they wait so long that they can't find him. So he buried that sword and the sword is uh, a cubit. So the sword is uh, more of a machete size, whatever his hand is. That's the length right there. So he's about 18 inches had a handle on it and uh, what's called a um, a hilt, which is 
which is what prevents the sword from someone hitting your hand with another sword. It stops things. But he drove the sword and the hilt right into this guy's belly and then left it there, walked away. Uh, this guy must have been evil. Uh, so Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel. So then we get to Deborah and Barak. And these are two judges that go out and uh, talks about being at Mount Tabor. And this is all the land around where uh, where Jesus was. You see Mount Tabor in one of the maps I have on Wake Up to the Word in Jeff's stack of stuff. So um, th that stuff is is there and you can uh, look at those maps and see where Mount Tabor is and what's going on here. Um, there's a, another interesting story that comes up here. They go, they're going after, uh, Barak is going after, uh, when Sisera was told that Barak, the son of Abinad, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out to his chariots. The guy's got 900 chariots, big gigantic army. And they went with 10,000 men. They followed him and, and they, 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 they beat his army. And then Sisera fled. And Barak pursued the chariots and the army of and all the army of Sisera fell at the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. And Sisera fled away. This is verse 17 of chapter 4. Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazar, and the house of Heber and the, Ken the Kenite. The Kenite, excuse me. And Jael, or Jaal, came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me. Do not be afraid. So he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. And he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the opening of the tent, and if any man comes and asks you, Is anyone here? Say no. And if any man comes and asks you, is anyone here? Say no. Well, I read that twice. Look at that. But Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand. Then she went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground while he was lying fast asleep from weariness. So he died. And behold, as Barak was pursuing Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man to whom you are seeking. And she went to her tent, and there laying Sisera dead. Yeah, but get that picture. She took that spike. He was laying on his side. She took that spike, drove it into his temple, and it went right through and into the ground. Ouch. Talk about a headache. Oh, my goodness. There's some death and destruction going on, but we are dealing with evil people. And this is what so many don't understand. God will fight evil. He will destroy evil. He will use mankind to raise up against other men, other people who are evil. We forget that. Yes, God is love. Yes, we offer forgiveness. Yes, we want to do those things. But when evil comes up against us, 
and it is dark and evil and following and not following God, the Lord God, Yahweh, the Creator, Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord. They are coming after you not just for to be mean. They want destruction. They are going against the plan of God. And when God has that, he will destroy. And eventually, you see this at the end, he will avenge. He'll destroy everything. As we're walking through this, he wants us to have a heart of forgiveness. Our enemies and all of it. He's going to avenge. In the Old Testament, he took care of it. His heart is still to take care of it. He wants us to, at all costs, try to walk and live in peace. It's a change of mindset. It's hard to figure. But God will avenge those who treat his people with harm and evil. He will avenge it. It's going to happen. I'm glad you listened. Glad you came and joined us today. And wake up to the word. We'll be back tomorrow with New Testament Friday. And our reading for tomorrow is Matthew 22 and 23. Get your reading done. I'm coming tomorrow. Bye-bye.